injectables have caused great harm already, okay? But the way they sugarcoat it is, well, they only did, you know, uh, uh, 1,600 and, and some children in the little tiny baby group and a little bit more than 3,000 in the two-year-old, the five-year-old group. And so, you know, what's, you know, what's 20 or 30 kids going to the hospital? That's not a big deal, right? Um, but, you know, you take that percentage and you multiply that percentage times 10 million, um, you've got a catastrophic problem on your hands. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host, and I've got an important episode for you guys. You got to listen from beginning to end on this one. The Joe Mobley Show is presented by Birch Gold Group. Guys, the stock market is an obvious free fall. Inflation's out of control. Normal inflation sits about 2%. If you like, it's about 8%. Now, I know that I am black. We're supposedly, you know, don't have lawyers or CPAs or I can't use the internet. Uh, I think 8 plus percent is worse than 2%. When we're talking about inflation, it's time to get serious about this problem. Time to get serious about protecting your financial future. And the best way to do it is to secure your tomorrow by diversifying your portfolio, by investing in gold. Uh, Not scouring the beaches, guys. Investing in gold and silver and a precious metals IRA. Uh, all you got to do is text Mobley to 989898. That's Mobley to 989898. You know, uh, Birch Gold, they're standing by. They're the best in the biz. Uh, they can help you through this process and they have a free information kit for you. All you got to do to get it is text Mobley to 989898. All right. So you may have heard of the recently failed attempt uh, to take a major step towards one world government uh, that the World Health Organization, also known as the World Hypnosis, organization, you know, they were trying to get sweeping, just broad authority to declare emergencies virtually anywhere in the world. Uh, Fortunately, that effort did fail in no small part due to the efforts of our guest, uh, who is, you know, a prudent researcher or truth seeker. I like to say an alarm bell ringer uh, and someone I'm proud to call a friend of the show. Uh, True to his resume, he has something truly alarming uh, to bring to your attention. And the only time left to take action is today, June 13th. 2022. So there's no better time for you to get this uh, news. James Ruguski. James, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And the timing is exactly that. It's um, literally, I I just uh, published a brand new article, haven't even had a chance to talk to you about it. Um, Moments ago, uh, on my Substack, jamesroguski.substack.com. to try to summarize, oh, just a world of information on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 14th and the 15th, uh, 
um, you're going to get to watch fraud committed in broad daylight. Um, <laughs> modern. It's, it's, it's funny, but it, it's not funny, but it's funny that it's true that people get to commit crimes like fraud just with uh, impunity. It's going to be it's going to be live streamed. Um, oh, I wish I was kidding. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration has had a couple of requests come from Moderna and Pfizer to authorize for emergency use their injectable concoctions uh, for babies. Um, sticking needles in babies is what they want to have authorized all the way down to, to six months. There is so much um, information and, and you know I believe absolute fraud involved with the way the um, information from the clinical trials has is being has been, is being and will be presented that um, you know, if if watching a crime being committed is something that you know would make your day a little bit more interesting, then you can tune in on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but as you said at the beginning, midnight Eastern time uh, today, Monday the thirteenth, or nine p.m. Pacific time. Uh, if you go to jamesroguski.substack.com, j-a-m-e-s-r-o-g-u-s-k-i.substack.com. There you go, fraud alert. Um, hot off the presses, you know, probably like 20 minutes ago. Um, I'm not sure what it, what the time is there. <clears throat> yeah, 26 minutes ago. Um, so this is hot off the digital presses. Um, since you're there, uh, take a scroll down. There's a couple of videos that people can watch. Um, and and so uh, we won't watch those now. But if you scroll down a little bit, um, you know, if if you're not uh, upset about this, then you're really just not paying attention. There's a handful of things that people can do. You can click click on this, that, and the other to um, post your comments, tell your congressman. You know, it, it's nice that we have advance notice, um, but they didn't give us much. Uh, they published the Moderna data. Uh, I think it was maybe Thursday, but maybe Friday. Um, you know, they say that they do it with two uh, business days notice. And and so <clears throat> I guess two business days from Tuesday morning is Friday afternoon. So, you know, I spent my weekend digging into 300 pages worth of just, oh, just absolute data manipulation beyond anything you could believe. If you scroll down a bunch uh, or a little bit, um, They've already got their YouTube live streams all set up. You see, these folks get to be on YouTube, right? You know, you're not allowed to have. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to use a little bit of um, mis misspeaking. You're not allowed to have misinformation on YouTube, but you can have disinformation from them. Um, so disinformation is going to be um, broadcast for eight or nine hours all day on Tuesday, and then if you scroll down a little bit more um, on Wednesday. That, that's an important point. Like, what, what he's saying is actually, it, it depends on what, where you lie in the new world order, what your political ideological beliefs are, because, uh, and I forgot to mention this on the top, I fully expect this episode to be taken down from YouTube, uh, probably halted during the live stream. So you've got to go watch this on Getter, on Rumble, listen to the podcast. The podcast doesn't come out until tomorrow. Um, but we, I don't do the self-censorship. I don't expect James to do the self-censorship. I think I'm sitting on, I think my active strikes is at one right now. But anyway, I literally don't care. The, 
but hey, we're just we're just asking people to um, go watch a FDA um, presentation. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you get to uh, binge watch. Um, you know, uh, eight hours a day. Uh, no kidding. I mean, it's going to be eight or nine hours. Um, it doesn't say when it ends, but it starts at five thirty a.m. my time. So I'll be up early. I'm going to have to cancel a standing Zoom meeting that I have at six in the morning to watch this fun stuff. But um, they are going to lie and they are going to manipulate the data and they are going to make this sound so wonderful. Let's stick well, some stuff into baby's arms. Here's arm. why you listen. Here's why you subscribe to James Rogowski's Substack number one. I just had that website up, but I'll throw it up again. It's, uh, you know, Originally named James Rogeski, dot substack dot com. There's also a link. Yeah, there's also a link underneath. But here's why: I'm someone who's like deep into the weeds and stuff, and and I hadn't heard about you know I hadn't heard about the WHO amendment situation. That alarm bell was rung literally by James Rogeski, and and he went on all the shows. He was all over the place. I think you were on Bannon's show. He was all over the place. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that that effort failed or at least was driven underground, which is probably what happened. Uh, and and by, the effort, effort, by the effort, you mean their effort. You know, our effort to get them to stop was gloriously successful. Yeah, yeah. And and here we are again. This, this stuff, you know, we're asking for public comment. We're asking for you uh, to watch this and, and be aware of it. But I, I don't think that all hope is lost, especially, I mean, like you just said, that that was a victory. That was a huge victory. The globalists are still out there. This is another, this this pushes about making money, okay? There's, well, probably some other things since, you know, they're, they're targeting children. Uh, but right. one of the chief aims is about making money. There's no reason to authorize, you know, I like what you say. What do you call them? Injections? There's no reason to authorize these in children as young as six months yeah, old. It's it's some kind of ungodly soup. Um, if if you scroll down, we'll get to the heart of it. Um, you know, this is so everybody can show up tomorrow and the next day, and you know, it'll be recorded. Um, you know, this is a bold claim on my part. Um, but you know, hey folks, get to watch and, and make your own determination. Uh, very clearly, I have identified data that is in their document, okay, that the way they present it makes you have that um, data be pretty much invisible, okay? And so if you scroll down some, um, you know, I mean, right right here, below is Moderna's, oh, you went too far, um, up above the bullshit meter is, um, in, yeah, if you go up a little bit, there you go, right there. Um, it says below is, um, you know, Moderna is mode RNA. Um, Moderna's fairy tale benefits and risk conclusions. There's a 118-page document that they provided to the FDA. And the last eight or nine or so pages of it, whatever it is, is their uh, benefit to risk ratio, okay? And... By law, and the law is quoted here, you can read the law and see what you know the law actually says. Um, there's four criteria for something to um, be given. And, and this is actually up at the top of the page, if you'd be so kind. There's four things that um, the FDA is obligated to consider when 
Um, yeah, it's right down below that little bit. Um, you know, there has to be an emergency. It has to be a life-threatening emergency. And, you know, I, I would repeat this 25 times if we had had the time. Little babies don't, buy, don't die from COVID, okay? Little babies don't die from COVID because their immune system learns from it, learns from the experience, does not have a hyperactive response, which is what causes the cytokine storm and the histamine release and all of the crazy problems where people don't actually die from the virus. They, they are harmed by their immune system's hyperactive response to the protein. And, and so number one, they have to show that there's an emergency and you know, not only have um, people had difficulty isolating the uh, quote unquote virus, they've had difficulty isolating a child under five who's died from COVID. They may die from something and have a positive PCR test, but you know, arguably children don't die from COVID. And so um, Moderna and, and Pfizer also have to show that their product is effective. Like, well, how do you effectively prevent something that doesn't kill anybody, right? And, and the safety aspect of it is being so outrageously misrepresented. Wait until I show you some of the data that is in their documents that they conveniently left out, even though it's in the document, they left it out of their um, benefit to risk ratio um, declaration. And, and so these are the four things that the FDA is obligated uh, and, and, and they require from a company, okay? And, and so I, I, you know, I'm an optimist and I believe in the power of positive thinking and the power of prayer and, and the power of visualizing what you want to have happen. And so what I want to have happen and I trust will happen is um, maybe it'll be the chief scientist or some other uh, executive, uh, administrator, whatever at the, at the FDA, they're going to go to work one day, um, this week or maybe next week, and they're going to do their job. They're going to follow the rules. They're going to do what they're supposed to do. And they are going to sign a rejection letter to Moderna and to Pfizer saying, sorry, you have not met these four criteria. And they are going to end the day being my hero. And and whomever that person is, that you know, they they're never named in advance. Okay, you know, good guess that it should be the chief scientist or or whomever it is. Um, you know, I have every hope that they're not going to want to go down in history as a baby killer. They're going to want to go down in history as the hero who did their job, followed the rules, and wrote a dear John, you know, re rejection letter to um, Moderna and Pfizer. And said, "Hey guys, you know the rules. Um, don't be trying to commit fraud. Uh, just you, you didn't do what you needed to do with your study. Okay. Now, if you scroll back down to where we were, um, it, it's a big old yellowish orange, uh, way too big um, graphic. Okay. Um, this is what they are going to try to hide, and I am going to try to shine light on. Okay. All of this information comes from." Uh, Moderna's 119-page submission to um, the FDA, and 
the statistics, the percentages there are just right out of all their charts. All I did was do a little bit of um, multiplication that they should have done with their um, risk and benefit uh, analysis. You know, things like pain and swelling and fever and headache and fatigue and myalgia and nausea and all that sort of stuff. They, you know, did their clinical trial and they showed that, you know, 46 or 68 or 71% of the children in the trial suffered from whatever um, the adverse events were. And the sort of tradition and the way they set it up is they said, well, you know, if we do a million uh, treatments, courses, it's a two uh, injection course of the vaccine. And I use that term loosely. It's just an injection of some uh, gene altering um, therapy compounds. Uh, if we do that into a million people, well, 46% of a million is 460,000 um, six to 23 month old infants will suffer pain. And 71% of older kids will suffer pain. Okay. Is That's this two to five it. years? Is two to five years old? Two to five years old. That's correct. Wow. Okay. So they're giving I mean, it to this little seems kids. Like they, a small, they want to give it to little kids. Yeah. This seems like a small number, but for headache to be at 16% at 160,000 kids is astronomically high. Yeah. Um, kid, kids two to five years old um, shouldn't be experiencing the headaches. Uh, that's right. wow. I've, yeah. And like James said, this, he just published this. I've not seen this yet. No, no nobody's, nobody has seen this. It's and this in, isn't VAERS data. This is, this, this is, is big pharma's the, own data. This is Moderna's presentation to the FDA's vaccine advisory committee. Okay. They made it public, I think on Friday, maybe it was late Thursday, but I saw it on Friday. So Saturday and Sunday, I've been you know digging through it. Um, now I got to go through Pfizer's because Pfizer's just showed up yesterday. But if you scroll down a little bit, there's some more interesting stuff. Just a few lines below there. Um, you know they base everything on what would happen if we gave it to a million um, people, children, right? So there's some stuff in in there that you know I kind of know what to look for and I know how to see the connections. This data is there; it's verifiable. And if anybody finds that I made a mistake, you know, please just call me. You know, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. Uh, but I don't think I have. Um, in in the young youngest children, six to twenty three months old, there were sixteen hundred and seventy one participants, and of those that got the treatment, thirty eight percent of them had an adverse event that required medical attention. You know, that's a little bit more than a headache. Okay. Wow. Um, now. 88, you know, 0.85% had a severe adverse event. Now that sounds like a small number, but when you inject a million kids, that turns out to be 8,500 kids would have a severe event. That's concerning, all right? They're going to just gloss over that. They're going to say, oh, it's only 0.85%. And this is how this game is played. You do a tiny little study with, you know, 1,671 participants, tiny little percentage of them have a problem and people just forget, oh, when you, and, and, you know, the government's already purchased 10 million doses. You know, the 1 well, million is the number that I'm using because that's how they structured their analysis. But you really mm -hmm. want to add another zero to this if they do 10 million kids. 
So that would be 85,000 children would have a severe adverse event. And only in a post-COVID world are we even having a conversation about these numbers being tolerable or not. Uh, Because before, you're looking at 0.02, where the number goes down to about 200 kids. You you wouldn't be looking at anything close to a one full percent um, with with drug trials. And then that's for adults, not just for kids. So, you know, back in the whenever, 60s, 70s, they're releasing Tylenol. Mm -hmm. Um, This number, way before you got to this number, the trial would have been shut down. They would have said no. So it's... If like you scroll down to four or five, is insane. If you scroll down to four or five and six, um, I, I think six will number six will. But you know, let it so people can see four or five and six. Um, this trial started out as a phase two trial, which is where they're trying to determine what uh, an appropriate dose is, and you know that's just part of the methodology. You know they're supposed to do animal trials, which they kind of sort of really didn't do. Um, and then they're supposed to see, you know, they get they get volunteers to see in, in a clinical setting. Um, it, you know, it's the Goldilocks principle. You know, this is, this is too much. That's too little. This is just right. Um, you know, that's just part of the method. And I, I'm okay with that. But on number six, you can see what they actually ended up doing is deciding that there's a dose for adults, there's a dose for uh, six to 17 year olds, you know, so 100 micrograms for adults, 50 for um, young kids and teenagers, and then 25 micrograms for children under six years of age. But then they broke it down. They did us the favor of breaking it down to really, really little kids, six months to 23 months, and then two years old to five years old. Well, there's a major difference in the size of those children, okay? A typical six-month-old is maybe 17 pounds if they're eating a lot, okay? Um, and, and maybe a, a typical five-year-old is 40 pounds. Uh, I, I think that seems a little low to me, but um, that's what the data was that I was able to dig up. And, and so they're giving the same dosage to little tiny baby six-month-old infants and five-year-old kids. And then you wonder why there might be um, uh, 294% more severe reactions in the little tiny kids. Okay. Well, you know, on a pound-for-pound basis, they're getting, you know, three times as much stuff. And, And so if they were, you know, if this was just a dosage, um, a study to determine the proper dosage, you would think that they would have looked at that and said, hey, maybe we're giving them too much. All right. Pfizer's study, um, they used three micrograms, three times for a total of nine total micrograms given to little tiny kids. Moderna is three given two, total- Moderna is giving um, two injections of 25 micrograms, which is 50. You got a total of nine in Pfizer and 50 in Moderna. So that's at least five, you know, five to six times, uh, you know, 5.5 times as much of the mRNA. And and so, uh, wow, you know, that's a little bit different. Now, you know, not to mention 
body size on children. Um, you know, a five-year-old is a little bit different than a six-month-old. And, and so the insanity of them trying to justify the harm that, you know, this could cause children, uh, you know, I don't know that the people who make up the expert advisory uh, committee, the vaccine advisory committee, uh, stayed up all weekend digging into this like I did and many other people did. Uh, they should be, but more than likely what is going to happen is they're going to show up at the meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they're going to listen to a sales pitch put on by Moderna, and they're going to listen to a sales pitch put on by Pfizer. And honestly, they're going to put on um, an auxiliary sales pitch put on by the FDA, right? And then later in the week, there'll be a meeting uh, with the CDC, and you know there'll be a Pfizer sales pitch and a Moderna sales pitch and a, a CDC sales pitch because the government's already bought the damn vaccination. And I use that term loosely. They bought the, the biological product a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and so, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is meant to be a foregone conclusion unless my prayers are, are answered. And, and I trust that they will be. Um, hey, God, um, make these people wake up. Make these people see that we're not going to let them do this to our children. I don't have children. Um, I don't have grandchildren. Kind of goes with the territory of not having children. Um, I don't. I don't have um, you know super duper young nieces and nephews and you know but you know generations up. You know, beautiful little six month old babies should not be getting triple jabbed or or double jabbed with gene altering therapy that is actually going to have an impact on their little tiny ovaries and their little tiny testes, turning this into a multi-generational, you know, extinction level event. People, now is the time to wake up and speak up and stand up and make this stop now. You know, I, I trust that my prayer will be heard and, and you know, put it out there with me. Um, if, if we as a nation will not draw the line in the sand and make this stop right now, we do not deserve to, to be a nation anymore. Something has gone terribly wrong, and and you know we're going to get what we deserve if we allow big. You know, are, are we really going to sacrifice children to the gods of big pharma? Um, you know, I, I'm not for that. If you're for that, then you know, take your kid and get him shot. But that's just evil. That's just absolutely evil. And uh, you know, I'm pretty much opposed to that. Just so what? Um... You know, James, James has told us the problem statement. What you guys can do, we said today's the deadline. Uh, they they are going to have, you know, they're allowing for public comment. And you you might feel like it's useless and that, that gets into a reverse nirvana, nirvana fallacy. Um, it's not useless. It, it does have impact. It does let people know at least, at the very least, it lets people know there is a massive population of people aware of what you're doing. People are looking at what you're doing and people are going to be looking to hold you accountable. That's the bare minimum uh, that these public comments do. So again, you got to go to James's Substack, uh, the easiest place to get this. You don't have to type in 
that complicated link up there because James has made it easy for us. You just go to opposethefraud.com. Oh, we got a typo on there. Oh, I do. F-R-A-U-D. Oppose the fru ad. Oh, the fru ad. Here, let's fix that. Don't don't go there. (laughs) Maybe I'll have to get that just in case. Opposethefraud.com. Yeah, don't do a search for that, people. Um, Type in, you know, HTTP colon slash slash oppose the fraud and just go there. Because if you use your search engine, please realize that search engines are evil and they will show you everything that they want to show you except the thing that you're searching for. Um, so when you know now the this, domain... This is if you want to type it in. I've made it even easier. You can just click on it because it's right mm-hmm. under James's head, like right under where you're watching, right down there. You can just click on it. That works spectacularly well. And so, um, you know, many people have already taken up this effort. You know, many organizations, Children's Health Defense, uh, Stand for Health Freedom, um, Open Source Truth, uh, interestofjustice.org. Um, when I first um, became aware of, of this, these meetings, um, what's today? Today's Monday, so maybe 10 days ago, uh, there were 199 comments. And the last time I checked, there were 127,000. So, um, you know, they're not going to read 127,000 emails, uh, but those 127,000 emails are part of the public record. And so they are obligated, you know, to uh, the, the way it's phrased, consider the totality of the evidence, right? And so, you know, all of this is part of the totality of the evidence. On, on Tuesday and Wednesday, you'll get to watch them ignore the totality of the evidence and listen to the totality of what Moderna and Pfizer would like them to think is the totality of the evidence. And so the interesting part of all of this is the evidence in Moderna's document that they submitted uh, points to the fact that their um, injectables have caused great harm already, okay? But the way they sugarcoat it is well, they only did you know uh, uh, 1,600 and and some children in the little tiny baby group, and a little bit more than 3,000 in the two-year-old, the five-year-old group, and so you know what's you know what's 20 or 30 kids going to the hospital? That's not a big deal, right? Um, but you know you take that percentage and you multiply that percentage times 10 million, um, you've got a catastrophic problem on your hands, and you know they're not doing long-term studies. They're not talking about the boosters that they have planned. You know, they're not talking about the, you know, if, if you've got a study with one, you know, 1,600 children, and there's something that pops up in one out of 2,000, well, you're not going to see any of it, right? But once you start doing two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million kids, then you'll have thousands of people have the problem. And then the propaganda spin will be, oh, well, you know, we didn't see that in the study. Well, that's because the study was tiny. And, you know, it's a tiny little study being done on tiny little people. Um, You're going to get tiny little results. And people's tiny little brains look at tiny little results and they go, oh, okay, that doesn't sound so bad. But then you go and you buy 10 million um, injectable, you know, bioweapons and start injecting everybody, you know, willy-nilly. 
you start seeing all kinds of higher numbers. And, you know, the propaganda machine says, oh, that can't possibly be. Like, well, that's what the plan is. That's what they're about to do. And I trust that they're not going to get away with it because, uh, you know, I certainly hope that uh, you know, the audience for this is, is, you know, somewhat the people at the FDA, somewhat the uh, vaccine um, advisory committee. But, you know, this is for moms and dads and people who know people who are moms and dads, right? If you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who has a baby or, uh, you know, young child, um, what's going to be happening is at some point, you know, uh, well, I take that back. This is not going to happen. This is what we're going to prevent from happening. They would like it to be the case that mom and dad uh, aren't going to be able to take their little child to preschool because the preschool would think that they were, you know, um, allowed to say, oh, well, you know, for the safety of everybody, uh, your little tiny baby's got to be jabbed in order to get into the preschool. And then mom and dad, you know, really can't go to work if they need to go to work because the, they're counting on preschool to take care of their child where they're working. Okay. And so that type of coercion is what would likely happen if this authorization goes through. But I have every faith that, you know, there is no way America is going to stand up for this. Um, and, and so when the link to this, um, whether it's on YouTube or Rumble or, or wherever else you post it, um, please, everybody, whoever's watching this, take that link and share it with absolutely everybody on the planet, right? You know, just share this information with people so they know um, if they hear about it before Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, they could watch the live stream. The way the YouTube live stream works is if you show up late, then you get to watch the recording. So just go there anyways and watch it live if you make it live. And, you know, I'm probably going to be doing a million things that day. I'm going to watch whatever I can live just because I want to know what kind of lies and fraud they're going to commit. Um, but, you know, you can watch it whenever you can watch it, whenever you get there. But by all means, please watch how um, they're going to absolutely lie. Now, it's going to be a little bit entertaining for me because um, as much as I hate to admit this, um, nagging works. And I reached out to a bunch of people that I know, and I nagged them uh, to fill out the application to be able to speak uh, during these committee meetings. They have a one-hour period during the committee meeting where the public would get to comment. And so, you know, I put in my uh, request to be able to speak. I got a nice rejection letter, um, but I nagged at least four people. Um, one Did it of them, come five seconds after you sent it? Like they had a rule in place. <laughs> <laughs> if you get this name, then just reject. Well, you know, the fun part was, you know, I I, I put it out there. Um, I nagged a whole bunch of people, and and one of one of them, uh, I won't say who it was, but I, I know who it is. Um, you know, I called up a half an hour before the deadline and said, hey, did you put your thing in? You know, you really got to put your application in. And they're like, oh, thanks for the reminder. And they got accepted and, and a total of four people that I know of um, got accepted to be able to present, uh, you know, a whopping three minute presentation um, during the committee meetings. But I'm totally stoked for them because, um, you know, there will at least be a little bit of, you know, pushback. Um, because a lot of times what they do with the public comment 
is, you know, they stack the deck on the public comment, right? You know, people are all like, oh yeah, you know, I'm part of the public and this is great. You know, more, more vaccines for everybody. Um, so I, I know we got at least four people, um, you know, maybe if they really ran it super duper tight, you know, three times, you know, into an hour, maybe they would take 20 comments, but it usually ends up being like 10 people get to talk. Um, so four out of 20, you know, we got at least 20% of the people talking, we know are going to be uh, talking some truth. Um, so kudos to those folks who, you know, put in their application. Um, and, uh, you know, it does matter. Uh, obviously, if they didn't put in their application, they would not have been chosen to get a chance to talk. Yeah, so a couple of plugs there. James did a great plug. No matter how you're consuming this, you've got to... Honestly, more important than liking and subscribing, you've got to share it with someone. You know what's going on. You're going into this thing eyes wide open. Um, you know someone who's sitting on the sidelines or who just simply is unaware. And you're participating in that by not sharing this with them, by not sharing James's Substack with them. Um, because again, I spend a lot of time on the internet. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess I'm somewhat of a citizen journalist now. Um, and I wasn't aware of many, many, many of the things uh, that James is pushing out to the public. So Rumble, YouTube, Getter, wherever, podcast, radio, subscribe, like, but you've got to share it. You've got to turn your one person knowing into five, into 10, into 20 people knowing. Um, and, and you can open, I mean, the live stream is already there uh, for, this, for this hearing. You can open it. You can just have it in the background on your phone or your computer. Um, for when it comes up. Uh, Casey said, I question the parental instinct of any parent who injects their baby with the slop. Um, I, I, think, I think James kind of nailed it, what it comes down to. Uh, you know, I used to be on the Human Trafficking Task Force and one of the fastest, human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in the world. It's the fastest crime in, growing crime in the world, number two crime in the world in most states and most cities. Um, number two crime, second only to drugs. Uh, but what people don't know about that is familial trafficking, which is parents trafficking their own children, uh, cousins, um, uh, even siblings trafficking each other. And there's a lot of extortive behavior there, but it's forced fraud and coercion. So fraud and coercion, they're powerful psychological tools. And James hit the nail on the head. This is exactly how we go from we go from what they're trying to do on Wednesday, on Thursday, to... This is mandatory for childcare, for education, for mandatory jobs for everyone. It's coercive in nature. It's we're going to make it exceedingly difficult for you to function in society without bowing down to these nonsense demands. And again, James, James just says it so casually. It's, it's fraud. It's, it's you're going to the contractor meeting to decide which one of these three contractors is going to build your home. But it, all the while, you bought all of the supplies and already wrote the checks and paid the one contractor who may or may not get the contract. Of course, <laughs> they're going to get it. Of course, they're, they've already ordered, they've procured these injections. This is fraud. To go back to the um, spreading of the word, um, prior to the deadline that I mentioned where um, people could comment and uh, put in a request to be able to speak. Um, late in the evening, the, the night before that, uh, I 
literally, I lay down on my couch and I got my phone and I went to the bottom of my text messages. And whoever it was that I had, you know, text messaged a while ago that was bottom of the list, I crafted a little text message, said, hey, you know, there's this deadline coming up, you know, I want to let you know about it. Click on this link, get all the information. You know, I copied it to my clipboard, I texted it, and then I went to the next person and the next person, you know, just paste it and send it, paste it and send it, paste it and send it, paste it and send it. Um, I laid on my couch for two hours because I texted a lot of people, okay? But it wasn't hard. It was actually kind of fun, right? Just, oh, yeah, you know, you're thinking about this person and you see that person and that person. Went to sleep, turned off my phone, woke up the next morning, and it was like a pinball machine uh, or, or, or a um, slot machine. Then the next morning, I turned my phone on. It took a minute to crank up. And then it went ding, 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 ding. All of the text messages from people that had sent me something while my phone was turned off. And everybody was like, oh, my God, thanks for telling me. I had no idea. You know, this is horrible. I can't believe they're doing this. You know, I put, I sent it out to all my friends. I put it on my podcast. I put it on my mailing list. You know, I, I put it on social media. Um, nobody, nobody gave me any pushback of, um, oh, you're supposed to keep this a secret. Why are you telling me, right? They're just like uh, appalled. Uh, so, you know, as horrible as this is, it, it can be a unifying thing, right? Now, you know, if somebody gives you pushback about inviting them to pay attention to what their government is doing and potentially drug companies would be doing to little tiny babies, then you might want to unfriend them if they push back on that because, you know, they're for that um, without even, you know, looking at the information to see that the studies show that it is harmful and it doesn't work. I mean, they have not shown the most standard fundamental thing that is requested of vaccines, which is, can you show in your study that any life was saved? Well, little babies, uh, little babies don't zero. die from COVID. <laughs> zero. zero deaths present are prevented. They, they, they literally say in their study, okay, that nobody in either the placebo or the treatment group died. So they cannot say, you know, normally they have a number, um, the number needed to save a life, right? Uh, number needed to vaccinate, I guess it is, um, where, okay, if we vaccinate a million people, one person would be saved, okay? So a million people have to put themselves at risk to save one life. Well. Boy, you know, to save one life, would a million people take a jab that could mess them up for life? But the number is zero. So a million people would have to be jabbed to save zero lives. A hundred million people would have to be jabbed to save zero lives in this age group. Okay? You know, it, it's astonishing, but the, yeah. data, the data is in their report of their study. And the expert advisory committee has access to this report. Now, they don't come out and say it quite so clearly and so obviously. You gotta dig into this 118 page document. And then the FDA came out with a 190 page document. So you got, you know, 300 pages of um, haystack to go find, you know, some needles that are, you know, the important little words. Um, 
if you want to take a scroll down this web page, um, it it goes on and on and on and on and on. This is the executive summary, but um, there's all the documents that people can look at. Um, just give it a really quick scroll. Um, been been a busy boy this weekend. Um, they've wow. got all kinds of charts and graphs. And what they did in this document is they they really should have had four documents. This is the core right here. Um, there is chart after chart after chart after chart after chart documenting the harm. Okay, but when you look at that chart, that that chart right there. Okay, do you see the harm in that chart? Can can you interpret how that um, documents harm babies? Okay, I can. I see the harm. Right. Scroll down some more. You look at a chart. Um, people's eyes glaze over. You're like, oh, where's the harm? Oh, I don't know. Febrile convulsion. Um, what's that? Okay. Um, you know, it, it, you realize that that's, you know, a baby's head swelling up and, and having a fever. Mm. Okay. And they have convulsions. Um, when you look at a chart like this, it, you know, they don't show you the video of what happened to that child, you know, in the study and, and the horror that their parents are going through that they submitted their kid to this trial and they came out with a, a convulsion. Okay. And, and so, you know, these gory, ugly, boring, um, 100, 200 page, you know, PDF documents are just filled with gore. I mean, you know, don't read a mystery novel, you know, read a FDA um, application and, and the horror is on every single page. Just scroll down some more and, and watch the horror story. Um, it's just, you know, adverse effect, side effects. And, and what they try to do is they try to sugarcoat it because, well, you know, there's 1,700 kids in, or 1,600 and some kids in one study and 3,000 kids in another study. And, and, oh, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 kids had a problem. You know, nobody died. So they did the study properly. They didn't kill anybody in the study because that looks really, really bad. <laughs> Okay, that, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> they didn't kill anyone. They didn't kill anybody, and you know, unfortunately for them, um, no children who got the placebo um, passed away, so they couldn't claim that they were saving lives. Right? Um, still, haven't been able to find any documentation as to what the ingredients of the placebo were, because that matters. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times the placebo isn't just salty water, okay? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the placebo is something else, all right? Um, you know, 103 degree fever, um, you know, rash um, two days post their first injection, okay? On a 17-month-old baby. Uh, now, you know, if that's one out of 1,000, or I'll say one out of 2,000, um, what happens when you do 2 million of them? Well, now you've got a thousand of these. If you do ten million, now you got you know a couple of thousand. Uh, and and then you know these things would show up in VARES, and people would go, oh, you know, that can't be because it didn't show up in the study. And that's the whole game. You do a small study, a couple of little people, li literally, you know, tiny little people, but small numbers. And this, you know, this has already happened. This happened like almost a year ago, right? Um, this didn't necessarily happen with Omicron. This didn't necessarily happen with whatever's going to be coming next. 
and and, and so then they got a whole bunch now, of pretty good. Do Go you ahead. know when they one of the kind of shell game things they did with the adult trials, which was nonsense, the media did everything they could to hide it, was they essentially used the most elite human specimens they could find. They essentially used like Olympic athletes. Uh, I, I don't imagine that they're not up to their this is a double negative here, but I don't imagine they're not up to their old tricks. I'm I'm sure. Oh, they have they have a new trick. Can I show you the new trick? Um, you yeah. got to scroll way down the page, way down the page. Um, all right. It's number category number six. These are all the fancy little charts that make people's heads um, stop on one of those blue charts back up there, if you would, just any one of them. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, you know, the blue is the injectable, and the gray is the placebo. And so across the board, you know, there's more um, problems. With the uh, with the product than there is with the placebo, okay. And go up another one. There's another chart, okay. Um, and, and there you go. Um, wow, little bit of difference there. Um, blue bars are a little higher, you know, than the other bars. Oh, fever, boy, that must mean that the vaccines are working because all these kids got fevers, pretty high too, right? You know, high number of, of fevers. Um, and and so uh, all these graphs and charts, you know, if you don't know how to interpret graph to horror, right? You know, that's a percent. So what is that? Like eight point five percent. Eight point five percent of uh, three thousand kids. That's a couple of hundred kids. You know, mm -hmm. I see the horror of mom and dad dealing with kids that have a fever on day two after the injection. All right. Oh, I can't possibly because of the injection, right? Two days later. Um, and, oh, they'll be fine, you know? Um, and back they're, at the top, it's at 103 degree fever. That That's not something that you want your your infant or small child to have. It's 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 you know, not like when, us having a fever and should I go to work or not go to work type of situation. That's, that's when the regret seeps in and you're like, oh my God, what have I done to my baby, right? Um, and, and and so you know, I see horror in these charts. People just see charts. Okay, mm -hmm. you know, eight eight and a half percent of safety set two to five. Well, two to five is three thousand kids. Eight percent of two thousand three thousand kids is two hundred forty two hundred fifty kids. Two hundred fifty kids day two, um, having a fever. Um, yeah. Um, that means that something got injected and the body is responding and it's having a tough time. Now, you can look at that and say that's a, you know, that's a good thing. It means that the injections are working. Or you could look at it and go, ooh, um, somebody just harmed a baby and got away with it. So let's go down a little bit more because here's the game that they're really playing. And this one is uh, crazy. Um, there's number four. Um, Boy, we could stop anywhere. Um, thrombocytopenia, acute aseptic arthritis, um, anaphylaxis, multi-system inflammatory disorders. Wow. Um, febrile seizures, transverse myelitis. Incredible. Um, um, let's keep scrolling down. Um, very small trial. Uh, that's what we've been talking about. Number six. Oh, you went too far. Number six uh, is where it gets interesting. Um, Immunobridging. Um, 
Are you able to play a video and have it show up on your live stream? Because uh, sure they'll, can. They'll explain it better better than I can. Hopefully, it'll work Absolutely. out all right. Absolutely. So tab. Uh, it's that one. There's a when you're dealing with a small study of a group of people who don't get a disease. Okay, um, it's pretty hard to prove that your treatment is going to save them. So they've come up with a proxy measurement, and I'll let them explain it. They'll do a better job than I will, actually. A letter from the US FDA has stoked the public debate over immunobridging. The letter, which was written in response to the Taiwan FDA, said the US was still assessing immunobridging and that it was, quote, not possible to have a position at the current time. United Daily News reported Thursday that the letter was a clear repudiation of Taiwan's regulatory authority, which has approved the use of immunobridging by local COVID vaccine makers. But the central government points out that the U.S. had taken no position at all. Immunobridging is a method of demonstrating the efficacy of a vaccine. It involves comparing the immune response triggered by a local vaccine candidate with the response induced by the AstraZeneca jab. Last week, the FDA authorized immunobridging as a way to demonstrate COVID vaccine efficacy in the absence of phase three trials. It confirmed Thursday that it had sent letters to U.S., EU, and Japan regulators asking for their position on immunobridging. The U.S. FDA wrote back, stating that it was still discussing approaches to immunobridging and that an official position was not yet possible. Its letter was leaked to the press this week, fueling controversy over the immunobridging method. The CECC responded on Thursday. What they said, what the U.S. is saying, is that they are still discussing immunobridging and its feasibility, so they don't have an official position on it for the time being. The main issue is that they have not reached a definite conclusion, and so they can't provide a clear position. Generally speaking, people are reading into the U.S. FDA's reply and arriving at different opinions. It doesn't say no to immunobridging. It says that at the present stage, the FDA cannot offer an official position on the matter. Infectious diseases expert Huang Liming says that even if immunobridging were not approved by the U.S. FDA, Taiwanese COVID vaccines would still be able to get international certification elsewhere. This situation will continue changing because as more scientific evidence comes out, these countries might change their minds. In any case, we can still seek out countries that support this method and apply for certification and authorization there. That would still be a form of international recognition. Epidemiologist Wang Renxian says vaccines that haven't cleared phase three trials can be kept on backup for use in an emergency. But he argues that only fully tested vaccines should be chosen for non-emergency use. Both of Taiwan's local vaccine makers are drawing up plans for phase three testing. Sources say Medigen Vaccine Biologics will do a phase three in the Netherlands and seek regulatory approval in the EU. United Biomedical is planning to conduct its phase three trial in India. Okay, so that's a lot of gobbledygook. I'll try to turn it into English. Um, <laughs> since since kids don't suffer generally, I mean, there, there's always an exception, but since kids don't die from COVID and since they don't, you know, end up in the hospital from COVID, um, the numbers at the moment are somewhere between 70 and 80% of children 
have been exposed to SARS-CoV-2 in one you know, variant or another, and they've already developed um, an immune uh, awareness of that. And so they are already naturally immunized. They have natural immunity. And, and so that's how one would look at it and say, okay, the body has seen this problem and is now protected from it. So out of the gate, 70 to 80% of kids would not benefit from an injection that would trigger an immune response because they've already had it, right? And so what immunobridging is- It's the same basic concept. You know, I live in a house with six people. We're a six-person family and a dog. Uh, Sometimes an illness runs through all of us. Sometimes just two or three of us get it. Every single one of us was exposed to the illness, and sometimes those other immune systems generate such a robust response that one adult or two children or whatever don't get it. Like this is, you've experienced what the video and, and James just explained. It, it's, it's all too common, and they're trying to make it complicated. You, you, you get it, but you're asymptomatic. One person is tired and run down or their nutritional mm-hmm. status is crappy or, or their immune system is just unique and, and they have their response and the other person has their response. And so yeah, with so the on. stomach bug being the exception, everyone gets that. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, and, and actually coronavirus is a stomach bug. I mean, that's like in animals, that's what it is. It's a digestive issue. And, and so, you know, a lot of people are researching that what it's really doing is altering people's biome. Okay, that's the bigger issue. But very specifically with this immunobridging, they did not design the study to have focal endpoints, meaning you know the thing that they focus on, as oh, you know how many people in the or how many children in the placebo group died from COVID. Well, they'd have to wait an eternity because they're never going to get that. They're never going to see that. You know, how many children went to the hospital due to COVID? Well, they'd have to wait forever for that to happen. And so, you know, they realized that since kids don't die from COVID, they don't end up in the hospital from COVID, they get COVID and they get better, right? They actually had a category in the data of, well, you know, how many, how many people had asymptomatic COVID? It's like, well, asymptomatic COVID means you're good. You're great to go. You didn't have any biomarkers before you started. Somewhere in the study, you got COVID. They tested, you know, with a PCR test and all that kind of craziness. But you're still alive at the end of the study. People in the placebo group or children in the placebo group went through the time period of the study, were exposed to COVID in their homes or wherever they were. They came out as you know, positive as having been exposed to COVID, they're alive and well and fine and dandy, okay? What's the problem, people? You know, so you inject something into somebody to have them go through the very thing that they would go through naturally if they were just exposed to COVID, right? So they're using this measurement of um, by BAB, okay? Almost baby, not quite. Binding antibody, BAB. And, and and they're measuring that and they're saying, oh, well, we stuck something in your arm and or baby's arm and, oh, it gave them an immune response. So therefore, our vaccine, our injection works and you should buy it and give it to all your kids. 
Okay. Well, 70% of the kids don't need it because they've already gone through that procedure naturally, right? And the other 30% must have been hiding out somewhere because they just didn't get exposed to it. And, you know, it's just a matter of time. You know, all of these kids are what would give us herd immunity. And they're trying to mess that up because they can't have a control group hanging around proving the point that if you don't inject people, they'll be just fine. They have, you know, the goal of this, amongst many other things, is to destroy the control group. You know, right now, five and under is is the control group, right? They're not dying and they're not injected. And as long as they're not dying and not injected, it makes the whole lie look bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they are the biggest control group and, and big pharma wants to eliminate the control group and they may very well eliminate those children's ability to have children if some of the things that people say about the propensity for this stuff to collect in ovaries and elsewhere in the body. Um, you know, do you want to risk sterilizing your baby girl um, to protect against a disease that she's probably already had? And even if she didn't, she'd get it and be just fine. Um, this is some sick stuff. This is really messed up. And if people um, could just, you know, watch this video, share this video, uh, this is what big pharma, very specifically Moderna, is trying to hide in data that actually reveals the harm that their product does. They're trying to spin it. You know, this is, um, you know, the spin zone or whatever. Um, you know, yeah. this is them trying to spin evidence that points to the fact that their product is causing harm, caused harm in the trial, and you get to watch them try to spin it on Tuesday and Wednesday and call them out when you see the spin. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Jim had on his website the chart that said, you know, this, but you guys just said that, right? You liar, right? So, you know, the more eyeballs on it, the better, the more people who, you know, the little tiny nuances of how somebody says, you know, whatever it is they say, if you don't know what the data actually says, you know, they sure sound like they're speaking like they know what they're talking about. Um, and now it'd be interesting to see if any of the experts ask any of the questions that I've laid out for them at the top of my um, website, because I'm going to email this information to each and every one of them. Maybe they check their emails, maybe they don't. Um, you know, I've got, I think, 16 questions at the top of it that are, well, you know, Moderna hasn't proven this and they haven't proven that and they haven't shown this and they haven't shown that. And why are they giving the same dose to little babies that they're giving to, you know, uh, five-year-olds? Uh, why is that showing, you know, greater uh, injury? Uh, why uh, are um, the placebo group not getting as much serious injury as the vaccine group? Doesn't that matter? Isn't that the point of doing tests? Um, how does Moderna get to, uh, man, you know, if you really want to just have your head turn into spaghetti that's all stuck together, read the short version of um, Moderna's uh, benefit risk ratio um, analysis, right? 
it's right above the big yellow. I, I made a big yellow graphic, but way too much information. But right above it is a seven or eight page PDF, which is the summary of, um, there you go, right? Oh, you had it there for a second. It's way, near, it's way up at the top of the page uh, or near the top of the page. Um, I extracted seven pages or so out of the 118 page document, which is essentially where Moderna, it's right above that, there's the PDF document, right above, um, out too far. No, nope. oh, it's right, right above that big yellow thing. There you go. Right, right. There you are. Right above the disingenuous bullshit. Um, and and so they summarized what they were trying to say is their um, risk versus benefit analysis, which is part of the law. And if you go down, there's a picture on like the fourth or fifth page. There you go. Um, their sum total is that. If they inject a million kids, they're going to have 248 hospitalizations and 60 ICU stays that are avoided. Okay. Well, boy, uh, you know, they just threw it into a computer model, and that's what the model spit out. It doesn't reflect their actual data. And it also, where they say no myocarditis cases observed, well, that's true, but elsewhere in the document, they clearly stated that the study is not powerful enough to determine whether or not they could say that. So they contradict themselves by making that claim. That claim right there, expected cases, no myocarditis, myocarditis cases observed. In my mind, that's fraudulent right there because what they should have said is we're not able to make a determination because our study is not powerful enough. Okay. Now, Saying something honest, like, boy, we don't know, we can't determine because, because our study is not strong enough, is a little tiny bit different than saying no myocarditis, no myocarditis cases. That's, that's fraud. That is just, you know, that's giving information to a committee that is making a determination. And, you know, boy, uh, here's the challenge to all the experts on the committee. Um, Tell me, tell me where I'm wrong, please. If I'm, I want to be wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong, and you'll be my best friend, and I'll correct it, and I'll eat some crow and eat my hat and whatever, right? But all you got to do is look in Moderna's document, and you know, a, a, a newfound friend um, found that if you if you analyze the data, I don't know if anybody here knows what croup is. Croup is like really bad ingestion and, and, and respiratory problems. Um, their statistics, if you use their, their wonderful relative risk ratio bullshit <laughs> that they always um, try to put on us, um, is 433% more croup uh, in the vaccinated group, 160% um, more uh, syncytial virus, RSV, um, infinitely more pneumonia because there weren't any pneumonia cases in the placebo group. And, and so all that data is in there, but you actually gotta, you gotta look and you gotta say, oh, well, wait a minute. I gotta do a little bit of long division to tease out this stuff. So Moderna um, isn't expecting people to actually read their document. And, and so they're putting incriminating evidence in their document and the expert committee 
um, if they just look at, you know, the fact that I'm helping them out saying, hey guys, um, I looked at it for you. If you ask them about these questions, um, let's see what kind of answers they have to these questions. But I doubt that the expert committee is actually going to take the time to look into it. But, you know, I hope they will. And then the conclusion, based on the cumulative evidence, um, actually that's their, uh, yeah. Yeah, why, why is it that they looked at other conditions over here um, for days and days and weeks and weeks, but for myocarditis, they used a seven-day assessment window? There, there's just a lot about this that just stinks. Uh, just is, is very interesting. There isn't, there isn't much about it that doesn't stink. It's, because it's, they assess the kids for longer, but they only assessed for this particular AE for a week. That's, <laughs> that's so... In, interesting is a way to put it. it. It's almost like, did something happen on day eight? or nine or 10, um, because they certainly uh, I, still had access to the... No, you, you just said the... No, you, you, <laughs> you absolutely said the magic word. Um, I, I just had a... so fraudulent. I, I just had a wonderful conversation with Dr. Um, Shankar Chetty from South Africa. I don't know if you're aware of his work. Uh, it's an article that I did a couple of months ago. He actually talks about how um, many people have a relapse and, and a dramatic... Uh, they think they're out of the woods, and literally on day eight, the immune mm -hmm. system kicks into gear. And so testing something for seven days actually is an issue that they're using to avoid a lot of numbers. They did that in the original study. They, they hid early data and all that kind of stuff. According to Dr. Jetty, and I feel he's right because he's treated well over 10,000 patients, and not one of them has gone to the hospital, let alone die. And, and so... Uh, the viral phase that happens in the first week, most people survive that just fine if they just do some basic things, okay, and don't do anything stupid like you know go and get a ventilator stuck down their throat, uh, or or take remdesivir or midazolam or any of those sort of things. But for some people, on day eight, a whole different thing happens. They get a histamine response, they get an allergic response, they get a cytokine storm. They get deep fatigue. You know, they think they're out of the woods, and on day eight they crash and burn. Unless they have a doctor like Dr. Chetty who understands, you've really got a, what they call a biphasic disease. The first phase is one thing, and most people get through that no problem. But certain people, you know, just like people have allergies to peanuts or you know whatever other ingredient or food, or or people are really have a crazy allergic response to a bug bite or something like that. Uh, some people have a really powerful response to the debris that's left over when their immune system gets in there to deal with a, a viral infection. And so, you know, seven days in, you, your immune system has trashed whatever virus has infected whatever cells have been infected. But now you have all this debris. And if your liver and your kidneys aren't up to the task, of cleansing all that crud out of your system, now you get this cytokine storm, you get this histamine response, you get this allergic reaction, and it'll it'll kill you because you're you're basically toxic. And and so yes, checking something for seven days is not accidental. Wow, super suspicious. Well, 
you know, we're we're over an hour here, folks, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I don't know what the FDA is going to do. I know that none of the four young children in this house will be receiving uh, these awesome uh, science experiments in the box. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I... I I can't stop laughing. It's it's really terrible. I don't know why this is happening. I, it's just so obviously. Um, I'm glad you had me open that. I'm I'm gonna read. And they they try and dissuade you from learning about this stuff. But come on, guys, this is seven pages. Uh, uh, James has been oh, tearing through oh, the data. It's, it's seven pages of how you can put seven pages of words together and say absolutely nothing that relates to the data in the study. It, it's all like there are some, there are some omissions, but there's not a, not a lot of saying. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's, you know, if, if this, if, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the market for uh, some good lawyers. I've spoken to a number of lawyers. Um, please people, you've got a fraud case that could make you famous. You know, bust Moderna for this, this document is evidence of fraud. It's just, it, it takes a little bit to understand the material so that you recognize how blatantly fraudulent it is. I recommend looking at this side by side, have the sub stack up on one screen and the, uh, it, it's so funny because they call it safety data. Uh, it's not. You know, um, there's oh, there's man. also this there's also this situation where, when they're doing a study, um, and and I hear it all the time, and it oh it just drives me crazy. Um, when there's enough harm, that you should stop the study. Okay, mm-hmm. they refer to that in classic 1984 newspeak as a safety signal. Okay, it should be <laughs> it should be a danger It should oh, be a danger man. warning. It it, it should. <laughs> It should be, oh my God, you know, um, you know, Amber Alert yeah. or whatever. Right? NASA calls that a catastrophic failure, a catastrophic event. You know, at <laughs> least, at least that is what it is, right? Big um, Pharma calls it a, a what a safety. A safety. When, when too many people are taking ill or dying because of the actions that they're doing, that's a safety signal. All right, this you know, is. This has just been too informative for me. Uh, did you want to put your number and email out there? I had him queued all the up, time. but you hadn't. All, all, right, all the time. We um, the um, website he already had is jamesroguski.substack.com. This is the latest article. Thank you kindly. And because this crap is so confusing, but also so entertaining, and because people are so wonderful, my phone number is 310-619-3055. Um, if y'all want to talk about this stuff, I'll be happy to talk about it. Um, there are, uh, there is a deadline this evening, and the live stream will, will be good. I think by the time you get this up, you know, uh, unfortunately, folks, the the deadline may be over. Um, but uh, tonight, you can still put in your uh, public comment, uh, and again, that's right in the uh, to do thing on my page, three one zero six one nine three zero five five. If anybody finds anything wrong in any of my writing, you will be my best friend if you tell me how wrong I am. And I mean that. Um, I make mistakes from time to time. I'm human. But, uh, you know, this is fraud. The numbers are there. Um, 
you have to be able to compare and see what they're 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 hiding it all in plain sight. And because most people just, you know, fall asleep when they start looking at this sort of stuff, uh, you know, I, I've just learned that whenever you whenever they send you a haystack uh, pile of words, there are some needles in there that um, if you find them, it, it, it's actually uh, quite the challenge. And so uh, I took the challenge this weekend and I found some stuff that's just ungodly horrible. So um, hey, people, don't don't let this happen. Make it make it stop, please. Awesome. So uh, guys, again, our guest is is researcher. Uh, I almost say whistleblower, not not whistleblower. You're not like a government insider, but definitely right. an alarm bell ringer. Uh, you know these these studies are just early too warning. Safe. You know, I'll be an yeah. I'll be an early warner. No, in in all seriousness, you know the 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 news and and alternative news too, for that matter. Um, somehow news has gotten to be what happened, okay? And 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 so um, news alerts, or I think as I titled, you know, the graphic on here, fraud alert. You know, quite frankly, it's much more meaningful to me to be able to get out in front of something and say, "Hey, there's going to be a crime committed. Would you like to watch?" Huh. <laughs> Maybe we'll have an election alert episode here <laughs> in uh, late October then. Uh, but anyway, uh, guys, thanks so much for sticking with us through the show. It is thejimmobileshow.com if you want to find out more. Uh, all of the links that, well, most of the links that uh, James threw out are under this episode right now. And the rest of them will be there within the hour. Um, and, and, and especially know, share, this. Uh, share the daylights out of this video yeah. because even though this is happening on the 14th and the 15th of june um the ramifications of understanding what they're doing and how they're doing it you know it, it'll be a learning experience i think for you know quite some time to come um because this is how they play the game they, they put a bunch of words in a document that nobody reads and then they sell it in a fashion that's just clearly fraudulent and nobody pays any attention something happens and then you're always trying to play catch up. You're like, what happened, right? And and so what we need to do is be able to get out in front of it and go, hey, we see what you're doing. Um, we're going to watch you do it. And we know you're doing it and you might still do it anyways. Um, but the more eyeballs that are on on this, the more well, and And you get to ask snarky questions. I really hope one of your friends that are... Oh, yeah. Presenting and just say, hey, you know, we, we said all of this is worth it if we could save just one life, but your data says that we can save just zero lives. So what zero are we lives. doing? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> let's let's spend a couple of billion dollars and shoot a bunch of injectables into children that don't need it. Uh, what was the what, what were we trying to accomplish again here? Um, you know, yeah. snarky, snarky can be fun, but you know, this is actually really crazy serious. And and so um if you're if you're fearful and and you give up, then they win. Um, if you're making people laugh a little bit, if you're making people scratch their head and go, wait a minute. Um, but more importantly, if if people just you know take the time to look at what's going on, it, it's not rocket science. It's fraud. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's fraud. It, it's a little bit. It is serious. It's a little bit funny when you can see. It's like wow. Super yeah, they're really, they're really going to try to do this in broad daylight, and you get yeah. to watch. Um, yeah. 
and it'll be recorded. And you know, if they're smart, if they're smart, they'll cancel the meeting, and that'd be entertaining. Yeah. But it won't. Well, you know, the What'll really be entertaining is the memes that are going to come out of this thing. Uh, so, good night. I mean, well, there were a lot of WHO memes. I think attributable again to you. Uh, well, you know, I've had I've had people send me I've I've had people send me some stuff. Um, and and so yes, by all means, people, if you're creative and, um, you know, you didn't get a chance to uh, to um, see the, the couple of videos at the top of the screen, so. You know, when people get to the um, uh, web, the um, article, uh, there's a couple of videos at the top to just make you think. Um, but in all seriousness, when you get this um, video up and, and ready to go, this is going on the top of the page. So please get it to me as soon as you can. And uh, Oh, this video is ready now. Uh, this is a live live. So you can just okay. click on the link. I'll send you the rumble because YouTube will probably take it down by, yeah, I'll have, I'll know, have the by dinner time. So um, thank you so very much. Um, as long as YouTube will be uh, asleep at the wheel and allow... Yeah. Hey, YouTube, we're just promoting um, an FDA event. That's all we're doing here. We're just yeah. trying to get people Huge fans of the FDA. Huge fans of the FDA. Yeah. We want to, you know, I don't know, how, I don't know how big a YouTube live stream, uh, how much they can handle. I don't know that there's you know, a limit. I imagine there is. Um, I don't want to bust the live stream. I don't want there to be so many people watching that it fails. But um, you know, what's your typical average um, uh, FDA advisory committee live stream? You know, like seven or eight people, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, let, let's see how many people we can get watching. Um, I'll be I'll be looking for the number in the corner um, to see how many people are waiting. You know, I think you can click a button and you'll get an alert. So yeah. you know, go to their live stream now and and up an alert so you don't miss it um but it's going to be eight or nine hours long all day tuesday all day wednesday so you know um catch the recording at, at the very least awesome uh, well guys that's it that's the show again thanks to birch gold group for presenting today's show all you got to do to get that free info kit is text 9898 don't text 98 text mobly to 989898 uh and it's yours guys that is all we got Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.